0: Good afternoon and welcome, welcome, welcome back. Thank you for joining me for chapter 14 of Five Go Off in a Caravan. Wowzers. Well now, ooh, if you recall, they're going to put a plan into action and that involves Julian Finding a hiding place. So, chapter 14 is called A Very Good Hiding Place. So, sounds like he found one. So, here goes. They went down the hill with Timmy. Julian gave Dick some instructions. Have a meal in the town, he said. Keep away for the whole day so as to give the men a chance to come up the hill. Go to the post office and see if there are any letters for us and buy us some tins of fruit. They'll make a nice change. Right, Captain, said Dick. And just you be careful. Those men will stick at nothing. And bad-tempered brutes they are. You just look after the girls, said Julian. And don't let George do anything mad. (laughs) Dick grinned. Er, who can stop George doing anything she wants to? (laughs) Not me. They were now at the bottom of the hill. The circus camp lay nearby. The children could hear the barking of the dogs and the shrill trumpeting of old lady. They looked about for Nobby. He was nowhere to be seen. Oh, blow. Wouldn't be any good setting off for the town and laying such a good plan if they couldn't tell Nobby they were going. Nobody dared to go into the camp. Julian thought of the two red cloths that Nobby and Pongo had waved. Double danger. It would be very wise not to go into the camp that morning. He stood still, undecided what to do. Then he opened his mouth and yelled, Nobby! Nobby! No answer and no Nobby. The elephant man heard him, though, and came up. Do you want Nobby? I'll fetch him. Thanks, said Julian. The little man went off whistling. Soon, Nobby appeared from behind a caravan, and he looked rather scared. He didn't come near Julian, but stood quite a long way away, looking pale and troubled. ''Nobby, we're going into the town for the day!'' yelled Julian at the top of his voice. ''We're...'' Tiger Dan suddenly appeared behind Nobby and grabbed his arm fiercely. Nobby put up a hand to protect his face, as if he expected a blow. Julian yelled again. ''We're going into the town, Nobby. We shan't be back till evening!'' can you hear me we're going to the town the whole camp must have heard julian but he was quite determined that whoever else didn't hear tiger dan certainly should nobby tried to shake off his uncle's hand and opened his mouth to yell something back but dan roughly put his hand across nobby's mouth and hauled him away shaking him as a dog shakes a rat. How's Barker? yelled Julian. But Nobby had disappeared, dragged into his uncle's caravan by Dan. The little elephant man heard, however. Barker's bad, he said. Not dead yet, but nearly. Never saw a dog so sick in my life. Nobby's fair upset. The children walked off with Timmy. George had had to hold his collar all the time, for once he saw Dan, he growled without stopping and tried to get away from George. Thank goodness Barker isn't dead, said Anne. I do hope he'll get better. Mm. Not much chance, said Julian. That meat must have been chock full of poison. Oh, poor old Nobby. How awful to be under the thumb of a fellow like Tiger Dan. "'I just simply can't imagine him as a clown.' "'Tiger Dan, I mean,' said Anne. "'Clowns are always so merry and lively and jolly.' "'Well, that's just acting,' said Dick. "'Clown doesn't need to be the same out of the ring as he has to be when he's in it. "'If you look at photographs of clowns when they're just being ordinary men, "'they've got quite sad faces.' Well, Tiger Dan hasn't got a sad one. He's got a nasty, ugly, savage, cruel, fierce one, said Anne, looking quite fierce herself. (laughs) That made the others laugh. Dick turned round to see if anyone was watching them walking towards the bus stop, where the buses turned to go to the town. Lou, the acrobat, is watching us, he said. Good. Can he see the bus stop from where he is, Joe? Julian turned round. Oh, yes, he can. He'll watch to see us all get into the bus, so I'd better climb in too and I'll get out at the first stop, double back and get into the hills by some other path that he can't see. All right, said Dick, enjoying the thought of playing a trick on Lou. Come on, there's the bus, we'll have to run for it. They all got into the bus. Lou was still watching, a small figure very far away. Dick felt inclined to wave cheekily to him, but didn't. The bus set off. They took three tickets for the town and one for the nearest stop. And Timmy had a ticket too, which he wore proudly in his collar. He loved going on the bus. Julian got out at the first stop. Well, see you this evening, he said. Send Timmy on ahead to the caravans when you come back, just in case the men are anywhere about. I may not be able to warn you. Right, said Dick. Goodbye. And good luck. Julian waved and set off back down the road he had come. He saw a little lane leading off up into the hills and decided to take it. It led him not very far from the Mackey's farm, so he soon knew where he was. He went back to the caravans and quickly made himself some sandwiches and cut some cake to take to his hiding place. He might have a long way. "'Now, where shall I hide?' thought the boy. "'I want somewhere that will give me a view of the track "'so that I can see when the men come up it. "'And yet it must be somewhere that gives me a good view of their doings too. "'What would be the best place?' "'A tree?' "'No, there wasn't one that was near enough or thick enough. "'Behind a bush?' "'No, no, the men might easily come round and see him. "'What about the middle of a thick gauze bush? "'That might be a good idea.' <laughs> "'But Julian gave that up very quickly, "'for he found the bush far too prickly "'to force his way into the middle. "'He scratched his arms and legs terribly. "'Oh, blow,' he said, "'I really must make up my mind. or well, the men may be here before I'm in hiding.' And then he suddenly had a real brainwave. Of course, the very place. I'll climb up on top to the roof of one of the caravans, thought Julian. Nobody will see me there and certainly nobody would guess I was there. Oh, That's a really fine idea. I shall have a fine view of the track and a first rate view of the men and where they go. However, it wasn't very easy to climb onto the high roof. He had to get a rope, loop it at the end and try to lasso the chimney in order to climb up. <clears throat> well, eventually he managed to lasso the chimney and the rope swung, hung down over the side of the caravan ready for him to swarm up he threw his packet of food up onto the roof and then climbed up himself he pulled up the rope and coiled it beside him then he lay down flat he was certain that nobody could see him from below of course if the men went higher up the hill and looked down on the caravan he could easily be spotted But he would have to chance that. He lay there quite still, watching the lake and keeping eyes and ears open for anyone coming up the hillside. He was glad that it was not a very hot sunny day or he would have been cooked up on the roof. He was beginning to wish that he'd thought of filling a bottle with water in case he was thirsty. He saw spires of smoke rising from where the circus camp lay, far below. He saw a couple of boats on the lake, a good way round the water, people fishing, he supposed. He watched a couple of rabbits come out and play on the hillside just below. The sun came out from behind the clouds for about ten minutes and Julian began to feel uncomfortably hot. Then it went in again and he felt better. He suddenly heard somebody whistling and stiffened himself in expectation. Ah, But it was only someone belonging to the farm, going down the hill some distance away. The whistle had carried clearly in the still air. Then he got bored. The rabbits went in and not even a butterfly sailed by. He could see no birds except a yellow hammer that sat on the topmost spray of a bush and sang, Little bit of bread and no cheese, little bit of bread and no cheese, over and over again in a most maddening manner. Then it gave a cry of alarm and flew off. It had heard something that had frightened it. Julian heard something too. Glued his eyes to the track that led up the hill. His heart began to beat. He could see two men. Were they Lou and Dan? He did not dare to raise his head to see them when they came nearer in case they spotted him. But he knew their voices when they came near enough. Yes. It was Lou and Dan all right. There was no mistaking those two harsh, coarse voices. The men came right into the hollow and Julian heard them talking. Yes, there's nobody here. Those kids have really gone off for the day at least and taken that wretched dog with them. I saw them get on the bus, dog and all, I told you, growled Lou. There'll be nobody here for the day. We can get what we want to. Well, let's go and get it then, said Dan. Julian waited to see where they would go. But they didn't go out of the hollow. They stayed there, apparently, beside the caravans. Julian did not dare to look over the edge of the roof to see what they were up to. He was glad he'd fastened all the windows and locked the doors, though. Then there were some curious scuffling sounds and the man, men panted. The caravan on which Julian was lying began to shake a little. What are they doing? thought Julian in bewilderment. In intense curiosity, he slid quietly to the edge of the van roof and... Cautiously peeped over, although he had firmly made up his mind not to do this on any account. He looked down on the ground. There was nobody there at all. Perhaps the men were of the other side. He slid carefully across and peeped over the opposite side of the caravan, which was still shaking a little, as if the men were bumping against it nobody on that side either how very extraordinary golly they must be underneath the caravan thought julian going back to the middle of the roof underneath what in the wide world for well it was quite impossible to see underneath the caravan from where he was so he had to lie quietly and wonder about the men's doings. They grunted and groaned, and seemed to be scraping and scrabbling about, but nothing happened. Then Julian heard them scrambling out from underneath, angry and disappointed. "'Oh, give us a cigarette,' said Lou in a disagreeable voice. "'I'm fed up with this have to shift this van, those tiresome brats. What do they want to choose this spot for? Julian heard a match struck and smelt cigarette smoke. Then he got a shock. The caravan he was on began to move. Heavens, were the men going to push it over the ledge and send it rolling down the hillside? Oh my goodness me. That is scary, scary. Can you imagine how... oh, scared he must be feeling up on the roof with them, not knowing whether it's going to go down the hillside? Oh my goodness me, right, well tomorrow we'll find out exactly what they do do. Do do. Um so... and possibly what they're doing underneath the caravan? weird or what. Anyway, until then, have a great day and take care and stay safe and we'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.